welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the Word of God. So we're continuing this morning on our series on faith. And, you know, you may say, well, why, why are we doing series on faith? It's because I really believe not only do we need to know more and how to live by faith, but I believe what God wants to do in this house going forward is tremendous and it's big. And as Michaela said, we were led on Tuesday night just to pray for children, pray for the children of this house, pray for children in the schools, uh, revival in schools. And I really believe that God wants to do something really massive coming out of this house to do with children. I always have. Many others have really believed that in their heart. Anyone else? About five or six hands. I thought there would have been some more hands to witness to that. But God wants to do tremendous things in this house. And, you know, Chris, you were just prophesying this morning because as I, as I was praying through the week, I was getting that, you know, about children. You're prophesying about the generations, building for the generations. We're going to be required to give more. It's not going to be because of myself or the elders will come and ask for that. It's God's going to put things in our hearts and it's going to require finances. And you know what? I don't know many children with a lot of finances, do you? Who's it going to bring the finances through? Us. Hallelujah. Us. Praise God. So um, just a quick recap um, on why faith. So we've been looking at why faith. The just shall live by faith. And we looked at that scene in Romans 1 and 17. Habakkuk 2 and 4. Galatians 3 and 11. And Hebrews 10 and 38. And it says, the just, that's us, shall live by faith. And sometimes I think, sometimes the clergy or ministers and, and people, the expression is, they live by faith. You've all heard that, haven't you? Sometimes I think it does us a misservice. Because we're all called to live by faith. God may, you know, lead some of us into the secular realm, into, you know, different jobs in the marketplace. Not everybody's up behind a pulpit. But we're all called to live by faith all the same, no matter what, what, what way God provides for us. Amen? So, the just shall live by faith. We've learned that faith is how the Father functions, and so we're called to imitate him. We're called to imitate him just like Jesus imitated the Father. We're called to imitate him. And he functions in faith. The whole worlds were framed by the words he spoke by faith. He called it by faith. Amen. We've looked at how can two walk together unless they're agreed? How can a husband and wife walk together? How can two friends walk together? How can we walk with God who operates in faith? How can we walk with him? unless we are together with him, believing him in faith. And we've looked at, you know, to develop any relationship, any business, any to have any success, it's got to be built on trust. And that's what faith is. It's simple trust in the Lord. We've looked at um, Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Okay, by grace, it's all God's grace. He's the one who reaches out to us, but through faith, we have been saved. Amen? That God has given each one the measure of faith. 
Robin last week went on teaching us about hearing. Faith comes by hearing. That's Romans 10 and 17. And hearing and hearing and hearing. It comes by the word of God. This is our faith food. Amen. All the assurance uh, building our faith. It's just in this word. All that God can do. All that he has done. Who he's called us. What he wants us to be. Who he's made us. It's all here. And as we're just reading this chapter at least a day, it's, it, it builds faith into us. Amen. Last week, um, Robin had a, an acronym, and it was, I loved it, Robin, full assurance in the heart for faith. Full assurance in the heart. So I got one, Robin, and mine is fantastic adventures in trusting him. Fantastic adventures and trusting him. And there's oh, just a few of the Nabi family out this morning. But for the Nabi family growing up, you can relate to this. This is our one. Food always in the home. Food always in the home. And sometimes that food was delivered by the way of a dog's mouth. A Labrador called Caleb brought us a lovely cake one time. Uh, it was, you know, uh, the, the children weren't told, but me being the oldest, mom says, come on here, Karen, look at this. And it was uh, wrapped in, it was one of those Swiss rolls. It was already in the cellophane and everything. Hadn't been pierced through. You know, we Labradors have a soft mouth. <laughs> so she takes this cake and, oh, I couldn't believe it, fresh cream. And took the cellophane off and everything, cut it up and... Oh, we were looking. That was lovely, wasn't it, for our dessert? I don't know if you remember that, Joy. Do you remember that, David? Do you remember that lovely Swiss roll dessert? No. <laughs> I probably ate your piece too. Don't worry, David. We all lived. <laughs> so hallelujah. Faith always in the home for the Nabi family. Amen. And if you had to believe for food on your table, yeah, praise God. Any of you still believing for food in your table? God says he will supply every need. Hallelujah. So um, we're teaching about faith. We need to live by faith, especially in these days. And where God wants to take us as a church, us as an individual, requires us functioning in the supernatural, as we're supposed to be. Like a fish swims in water. You take him out of water, he doesn't do too well. Well, we are supernatural beings and we have to function the way God has purposed us to function. And one of the most dangerous places to be is in a place where I'm not believing for something. For a Christian, the most dangerous place to be is that you, you don't have something that you're believing for. So we're going to start right around this room. We'll start over here maybe with, and we're going to ask you all what you're believing for. Right? Is that okay? Ready? No. But that's, you should, if, if I was, just, if we were to do that, what are you believing for? It's not just one thing, it can be in different areas, but I'm challenging this morning because I believe by the Holy Ghost as I was studying this week for today. Challenge, what are you believing for? And it's in your individual life, but not only that, well, that's important because that's where you exercise your faith in your individual life. And when you're then using those faith muscles, they're growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And then together, 
We can believe God for some big things, and that's what God wants for this house. Amen? So um, you alone are the steward. You have to steward your faith. You know, when I get up to meet the Lord, he's going to say, Karen, what did you do with the faith I gave you? What did you do with that measure of faith? And I can't behind, behind, hide behind Brian and say, well, it's what he did with his measure. Because Brian is a great man of faith. No, I've got to also answer, what did you do with measure of faith I give you? What did you do with that faith that I wanted you to believe me for? And I wanted you to walk with me through life. Because it's a walk of faith. It's not just knowing it in our head. It's a walk. It's not a talk. It's a walk. And so many times, Christians are so good at talking faith. But is it faith? Because faith is seen. It's evidenced, isn't it? So it's a walk. So, you know, be careful you're not talking just. It's got to talk and walk. It's got to be all together. Amen. So Hebrews eleven six we've looked at. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe. And there's the must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So many words in there must believe. You know, God demands that we have faith. It's not an option. It's not, would you like to work and operate in that faith? No. He demands. He says, must believe. Must. So it's a demand to live by faith. But I want to just look at the difference between hope and faith this morning. So Romans 15 and verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope, the source of hope, God is that source, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So God wants us to have hope, and he wants us to abound in hope by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God, we have Holy Ghost living in the inside of us. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance, Robin covered it last week, the assurance, the confidence, or the title deed. If you own a home, you'll have a title deed. That's your proof, I own this home. Of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things not seen. So here you see that you've got faith, and hope in this verse. Now, when you look, as Robin touched last week, hope means in the Greek to anticipate with pleasure or to confidently expect something that's not seen. Or another meaning is to have an eager longing, a strained expectancy, watching with an outstretched head or an outstretched neck and turning from anything else that might engage the attention. So that's what hope is. Just looking. I'm expecting. You know, if you could get your head round the corner, you just need to see round. I'm expecting any time. That's hope. Okay? That, that's hope. And hope is the blueprint of faith. 
Hope is, is what faith can hang, be hung on. So what happens is hope is so important. God, we've looked at, he wants us to be full of hope. And hope comes when you can see like mental images. God will put things in our heart that we can be believing for, we can see in our future. Oh, that's, I, I want that in my life. That's coming to my life. I'm believing for this and so forth. And we start to see a picture of it. But the enemy is not happy because hope is crucial for faith to work. You have to have hope. You have to be believing for something then for faith to come in and grab it. I take it now. Okay? So the two work together. And uh, the enemy comes in and he tries to discourage. Are you still hoping for that? But you've been standing for that for so long. When will it ever happen? When? Will my child ever serve the Lord? And the you know, the demons, the lion spirit just lying to you. My dream job seems further away than ever. Will this situation ever change? And so the enemy, he wants to steal that hope. He wants to steal that picture that's been built up on the inside of us. But, you know, God says, whatever you can see. That's why he gave Abraham all these beautiful pictures. When he took him out and he says, you know, going to be the father of many nations. And he took him outside of the tent. He says, look up and see the stars of the heaven. If you can count them, you're going to have more children than all of those stars. He always give a picture. So hope builds that picture on the inside of us. And the enemy wants to take that. He wants to steal it. He wants to take that away from you. But we've got to be expectant not to get into doubt, not to get into fear. Amen? Sometimes... Um, in your, if you're in that situation and, and your hope is diminished or you're just, you know, you're tired, you're, you're weary and expectations, you just need to get away with the word for some time, maybe a couple of hours, maybe an hour, sometimes a few days. It just depends. Just lock yourself away until that, that comes back, that hope. That's established again. That picture is established in your heart. That's so, so important. Beat the head, beat the devil. In the name of Jesus, I will have this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So sometimes just getting away with the Lord, getting away with the word, building that picture. So what are you believing for today? Are you believing for something today? Are you believing for one thing today? Are you believing for many things today? Good. Hallelujah. Praise God. So hope is the blueprint. But hope, remember, let's look at the tense. Hope is always in the future. So it's always future tense. But faith is always now. So Hebrews 11 verse 1, now faith. Now faith. Faith is always present tense. Always now. Always persuaded that it's, it's I have it. God said it will happen. I have it now. And if it's not now, it's not faith. So that's the difference between hope and faith. If it's not now, it's not faith. If it's somewhere out in the future, I'm hoping for this. It's hope. And that's good because you need to have that to build faith. But faith is I have it now. Okay? So some people are believing that God that's God's going to do something. 
And if you listen to yourself at times when you're praying, oh, thank you, God. I thank you, God. I just believe for that. But you listen to yourself. Is that, am I praying that in the future? And then that lets me know I'm hoping for that. Or am I saying, I thank you, God, I have that now. God says you take it by faith. When you stand praying, believe, you receive. So when you're praying and you're asking God for something, say, no, I've asked you for that. And now I take it and I receive it. Thank you, I have it. And so we thank him from them. We don't have to ask again. We just thank him. I'm getting ahead of myself there. Um, so I just want to read a little bit of this book. It's called New Thresholds of Faith. Um, Kenneth Hagen wrote it. And um, he is a man, a teacher, a really, really great teacher of the word and established many Bible schools around the world. Um, so he's talking about here the difference when he saw this lady, the difference of faith and hope. And I just thought it was a really good example to be able to show you. Several years ago, while preaching in the state of Oklahoma, a lady who had been taken, hadn't taken a step in four years, was brought to the service one night for prayer. She was an older woman in her 70s, and the doctors had said that she'd never walk again. At the close of the service, when we were ready to have prayer for the sick, her friends brought her forward, sat her down in the altar. I knelt in front of her, laid my hands on her, and prayed. Then I said, now arise and walk in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. She did her best to get up, but all the time she was crying and praying, Oh, dear Jesus, please heal me. Please let me walk. Oh, please, please. And she continued in this vein for some time until finally I was able to quiet her enough to talk to her. I asked her, Sister, do you know that you're healed? Astonished, she looked up at me and she said, Oh, am I? Yes, I said, you're healed, and I'll prove it to you in the Bible. Then I opened my Bible to 1 Peter 2, 24, handed it to her and asked her to read the verse aloud. And she read, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body in the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. I asked her to repeat the last phrase, and she read, By whose stripes you were healed. Then I asked her the question, is this past tense, future tense, or present tense? It is past tense, she answered. Well, if you were healed by Jesus' stripes, then you're healed now, aren't you? I said. A smile spread across her face and her, uh, face and her eyes lit up with a new understanding. Then I told her, just lift your hands and look up to him. Begin to praise him because you're healed and present tense, because you're healed, you're not going to be, you are healed now. And with childlike faith, she looked up and she says, dear Lord Jesus, I'm so glad I'm healed. She hadn't walked a step and therefore had no physical evidence of healing whatsoever. Yet she said, I'm so glad I'm healed. So I turned to her and I said, now sister, arise and walk in the name of Jesus. And immediately she jumped off that altar like a 16-year-old and walked, leaped and ran and praised God. You see, we had to help her to get in the right tense, for faith is present tense. As long as we're struggling to receive, hoping to see the answer sometime, it won't happen, it won't work. This is hope. Faith says, it's mine, I have it now. Did that help? Amen. So, 
that's a good way to look at it. Just what tense am I talking about? What tense? When you hear others talk, whether you're just counseling, you're helping them, they're a friend, listen to the tense. And then see, do they have it now? Have they understand and faith? I've got this. I have it. Um, so I want to then give a wee example here of my own life. And um, I just want to read it as is. So I call this, I have a few little journals. I just like to, to journal for this reason so that I can remember things. And I call this my wee faith journal, my adventures of faith um, journal. And so I'm going to read as I put it in. So I had been hoping, this is way back, we just started the church, started Kingdom Harvest six months previous, and this was beginning of March 2013, and we had the one car on the road, and we needed a second car. And so I was just believing God for the second wee car on the road. Um, remember, well, most people, when they go and start churches, unless they have a big church behind them funding and everything and all, you have to believe God for everything. You've got to believe God where you want to have the church. You've got to believe the Lord. Are the people going to come to this church? You've got to believe God. Are their finances going to come for this church? Then you've got to believe God. Is there going to be some sort of a salary to pay me? Is there going to be some sort of a salary to pay Brian? Because both of us were full-time in launching the church. Neither of us had another job. You understand? You know, we walk by faith. So... We were now believing for another little car. So here it says, I've been believing the Lord for a town car, a second car for about eight months now, thanking him daily. I asked him for air conditioning and an economical to run wee car, easy to park in the town and so forth. I kept saying and believing that the car would be gifted to me. I believe that this in my heart, so that we weren't engaging in car payments and having to believe. So I just believed I was going to receive this car. So on Thursday, the 7th of March, I took Mum out for Mother's Day, and I told her about the car that would be gifted to me. We're just talking, matter of fact, I just believe I'm going to be getting this wee car. I told her about it, wee car I'd asked the Lord for, and I'd received it by faith. And the next day I was out with another pastor, a lady pastor, a friend of mine, up in Belfast, and I was telling her about the wee car, you know, that was going to be given to me from the Lord, but he's, he uses people. Do you know that? I have not seen a car drop down from heaven yet. He uses people. Now, miracles happen. I not say no if it happens, but it comes through people. So this was the following day, and talking to my friend about that. Later on this day, I received a phone call from a friend who had met a couple who had a what to give away? A car to give away. So I get the phone call, Karen, would you be interested in a little car? This couple wants to give this car away. I didn't even have to ask about it. I just said, yes, that's mine. Thank you so much. But when I did ask about it, it was a wee Seat Arosa with air conditioning. It was a beautiful color green. It was two-door automatic, just perfect for parking and everything in the town. So thank you, Lord, for my wee car. Three and a half weeks later, it passed MOT, no problem, on the 7th of April, 2013. 
And I'm thinking, Lord, next time, I'll have to believe for the finances to run the car. How stupid is that? If God gives you something, he's going to help you run it. So I was thinking that anyway, because I'm learning. That's why I'm journaling. I'm learning all about walking by faith. And so I'd said that, Lord, I have to believe. For you. Where am I going to get the money now for, to run this car? Well, within a one hour of saying that, I received a check through the post. I didn't know it was coming. It was a rate rebate. And it was the exact, it was £108 money to cover the outlay of the MOT and the insurance insurance to date. Now, the story doesn't end <laughs> because, you know, sometimes you're tested and sometimes what the enemy gives you or what God gives you, the enemy wants to meddle. So when you walk by faith, God gives you by faith, you know, you see a loved one saved and then after a little while, you see maybe they're, they're going cold or doing something they shouldn't be doing. Don't say, oh, no. You stand your ground by faith and say, that's a good gift that God has given to me. Nobody and no demon of hell is going to mess with it. So this is what happened. On the 19th of April, the wee car overheated when Brian was driving it up the M2. Of course, I blamed him. I was really gutted. And um, as Brian, I well, he had phoned me and he says, I think the head gasket is gone. Now, that had happened in other cars, so I'm not a mechanic or anything, Davy, but I knew that was bad news. So sure enough, we were quoted two, or two to three hundred pounds to get it fixed. Well, I was annoyed inside. I just, I said, this is my car gifted to me by the Lord. Brian, he's just overheated. That thing's just overheated. He's been flying. I know the way he drives. And, was, and I just sat it in the driveway. Well, couldn't run it. It just sat there. Brian says, what are you going to do about the car? He says, I, I don't know. I'm just listening. Because it's my faith and questions to the Lord, you know. So anyway, what I had to do again was get back in faith. God gave me that car. Hallelujah. And um, what happened was after two and a half weeks, just listening inside, just thank you, Lord. And knowing I needed the money to get it fixed. I didn't have the money sitting in the bank. I was needing that money, that two, three hundred pound to fix it. Well, we got a call from the lovely little couple who had given us the car. They called Brian. How's the wee car? Because they'd had this wee car for a long time. They were, they'd loved the wee car. They did many miles on it all around the UK, you know. So Brian had to tell them, well, the wee car's sitting in the driveway. And um, he told them what he thought was wrong with it. So immediately they said, oh, we'll send you a check. We're going to send you a check for £300. So that was sent in the mail, £300. So on the 20th of May, now the mechanic said it would definitely cost £300. So we gave the go-ahead. We collected the car on the 24th of May. And the final cost was £314. Do you see the detail here? And the thermostat housing, David, had cracked, causing damage to the thermostat. And that was the cause of the over, overheating. It wasn't Brian after all. So on the 7th of April, 2014, the wee car sailed through MOT again. Praise the Lord. In February 2015, 
we sold the wee car into somebody else's life. In April 2016, we received another car. Praise the Lord. That's why I say adventures in faith. Amen. And so many, we've experienced time and time and time again. And we haven't seen the half. I'm not just talking about financial things. As I said before, that's where our faith, we learn to walk it all out. And God wants us to have good things and enjoy them, but it's for the kingdom. Amen? You know, if you're here today and you're happy with your salary, you maybe, you know, you've got a good job, maybe you're a professional, and you're making enough, you know, you're happy with that, and uh, you're not believing God for any more, well, I would say, why not? Why are you not believing God for any more? Because the kingdom requires a lot of money. There's so much horrible stuff that you see in Facebook going on out there. So many campaigns to save children and, and do so forth needed. And you know, the heathen aren't going to supply that. It's going to come through us. Now, Paul says, you know, I'm content in whatever way I find myself. Yes, we've to live contented. But we've, God has given us the faith to believe him for some great and mighty things. And I believe there's a challenge by the Holy Spirit going out this morning to us, to us as an in, individuals and to us as a church. Do not be complacent. Do not just be satisfied with with your income. Do not be satisfied with the, um, with the healing maybe you've received so far if, if you're requiring more. You press in by faith. Don't be satisfied. You've seen two salvations in your household, but there's another three to go. What are you believing for? God wants so much to flow through. Are you... Are you at the place where, you know, you're just walking down the street and the Holy Spirit says, that person has a need. Go up to them and see what that need is. And if that need, you ask them, it's healing. You're bold to say, in the name of Jesus, I lay my hands upon you. Because God says the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Are you doing that, church? God says we have a need and we want to just expand this place because I do believe God wants us to build something great and, and big for the children. I believe if we could see it now, we'd go, wow. But he wants to use us. Look around. It doesn't take a lot of people who understand how to operate and walk in faith. You know, perhaps your children aren't serving God today. Children just been on my heart so much this week. You grab that word, grab the scriptures that your children will return, your daughters will be nursed by your side. I love, I love Isaiah um, chapter 49, verse 25. It says, but thus says the Lord, and the end of the verse says, I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. I will fight with him who fights with you, and I will save your children. We've got to fight for our kids by faith. We've got to stand for them by faith. You know, some of you may have little kids round about your feet, and they're coming up in the house. You can't just take that for granted. I know you cannot take it for granted. 
You may see Pastor Karen and Brian. You have a great family and, and um, you know, they're all serving God. Yes, but there's been a lot of prayer behind that. My parents prayed for me and every one of the six of us through different challenges we went through. No matter what they saw with their eyes, oh, they're going into the world. No matter what it was, they wouldn't confess that way. They would just believe those children were given for the glory of God, and they stood in the Word. You've got to stand in your Word for the children. Don't, don't just think that coming here week after week, sending them up there, that's enough. No, it's not. you've got to feed them this Word. You've got to get it into their spirits when they're little. You've got children that they're up and, you know, they, they, they're teenagers now and they, they're, I don't want to go to church anymore. They don't get an option. They come to church. While they're under your roof, they bring them to church. Let them see by example. And, you know, you can't be saying, read your Bible if they never see you, Mom, read your Bible. Don't tell your children, go read your Bible, Dad, if they never see you in the Word. Children will do what they see more than what they're just told. Anybody experience that? If we say, I don't want to be like my mom, I don't want to be like my dad, but who you like? Because <laughs> you see you're, you see them, they're in front of you all the time, you're going to be, do what they do. That's why I walk and pray, always walk and pray. I don't know if my brothers are the same and join up, but dad walks and prays. I walk and pray, hard for me to sit my living room, I'm walking and praying because I walked and prayed for my dad from a little age. Walking and praying. You do what they do. Men, so we are those examples to the children. And if your children aren't serving the Lord today, stand in that Isaiah 49, 25, and God will fight with the enemy. Amen? You take that promise and stand on it. I will fight with him who fights with you, and I will save your children. But you've got to enforce it. You've got to enforce it. You know, faith, God requires faith. He requires it, but we still have the choice. Do you know that? Because I don't know when he last twisted your arm up your back going, he's never done that to me. It's still a choice. In other words, no, it's not a choice. You'll never please him if your choice is not to. Um, but anyway, there's a passage I wanted to read. James, James um, chapter 2 and verse 17. It says here, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So we can read, you know, as Robin says last week, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, reading this word, listening to it, listening to podcasts, listening to YouTube. There's so much teaching available to us. Romans 10, 17, hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But, you know, we can just take this and take this and take this in and just get faith fat. Just get fat. Fat well-fed and fat, if we are not doing, if we're not acting. You know, it's like in the natural, you see people eating and eating and eating and eating over lockdown and eating and eating and eating and not exercising and getting flabby and flabby and flabby 
It's the same in the spiritual realm. We're eating and eating and eating, but we're not exercising our faith. We'll meet that person in the street. Oh, I have to call pastor. No, you don't. You've got the faith. You've got to exercise it. Amen. Hallelujah. Mark, let's turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark 4 and verse 35. Start in verse 35. It says, On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, and he was talking to his disciples, let us cross to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And you know, um, out there in the sea, the storm was, it would have been really wild. It wasn't some sort of mild thing. It would have been really bad. Verse 38, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Or if you read the same um, account in Matthew 8, it says, how is it that you have little faith? You know, you can see a number of things in this passage. Jesus already said, so it was like, this is his word, like we're reading this word, everything he says is here. So his word to them was, let us cross to the other side. So where was Jesus going? To the other side. That's what was going to happen if they believed, to the other side. But they got fearful. You know, you can never be in fear and faith at the same time. If you're fearful, if you're anxious, if you're worried, you're not in faith. And these were Jesus' disciples. These were the ones who traveled with them. And you'd think they know some things, wouldn't you? They slept with him. They ate with him. You know, he explained the parables to them whenever they were on, on their own. But just because you're around people, just because you're coming to church, just because you're hearing the word and faith, doesn't mean it's automatic. You've got to feed on it and then you've got to do and you've got to make up your mind, this is the only way I'm going to live. Notice, they said to Jesus, do you not care? Do you not care about us? We're going to die. So Jesus took them up in his arms and he says, are you okay now? You'll be all right. I'm here with you. Don't worry. Did he do that? didn't do that in my Bible. What did he do? He asked them about their faith. That's what he did. No, he didn't mollycoddle them. He said, where is your faith? Because that's what he's looking for. Second Thessalonians 1, we're just wrapping this up, and verse 3 says, We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly. So faith grows exceedingly. Luke 12, 28 talks about you of little faith, like we've just read in Mark. 
Romans 4 and verse 19 talks about weak faith. The next verse in verse 20, Romans 4.20, says Abraham was strengthened in faith. Acts chapter 6, verse 5, talking about Stephen, a man full of faith. So faith can be weak, it can be little, it can be more, it can be great. If you're full of faith, you could be half full or little full of faith. In other words, faith can be measured So we know that this measure of faith that we've all been given can be increased. And the way it can be increased is faith in the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And by exercising that faith, putting it into practice. F.F. Bosworth, a great teacher of the word, says, most Christians will feed their bodies Three meals a day. Their spirit one cold snack a week. I wonder why they're so weak in faith. Not us. Not us, church. Not me. Who will agree? Not me. No, God has great things for me. God has great, a great plan for my life, but I'm only going to realize the plan as I walk with him by faith. Now, I know God just wants to drop more and more into your individual hearts, even as I've been speaking this morning. There's bigger things he wants you to believe in for, and I'm saying they're kingdom things. Chris, I just believe God's going to drop a kingdom thing in your heart, and he's wanting you to believe. I saw you up here earlier. And I believe God is going to pour a lot of finances through your hands, but it will come as you're believing. It's going to be kingdom. Amen? God can do great things through an individual that trusts him. A church, we've got to be walking by faith. We've got to really be serious. What are we doing? What are we believing for? Has anything changed from last week to this week? Has anything changed in my life from last week to this week? Will it, will it be anything different next week? If we, if we take um, testimonies up here, salvations and healings and I believe God for this amount of money so what, for this that he's asked me to do. You understand? It would be so exciting. Hearing and hearing and hearing. Now next week, you know, we know that some other families are coming, but who's bringing? Let's see hands. A show of hands. Who here is bringing somebody next week? Or bringing a family? Anybody? Have a look around. One, Nicola. So how is the here going to be full? So we may not know children, or, but maybe neighbors or family or somebody or youth or college age person, but 
let's be reaching. Let's be just in the word. God, what, what do you want? God may just want you to believe for a person this month. Just he's going to drop somebody in your heart. And because you're saying, I believe they're going to be saved. I believe you're going to give me a word. Just pray labors across their path and so forth. Get to prayer, church, on Tuesday night. Get to prayer and, you know, just prayer. The prayers always know where God's moving. They always get a wee insight where he's going. Come to prayer as belief for souls. And this wee jar up here, maybe if you wonder what it is, we, we put names in it at prayer. These are names of people that we're believing for, soon to be saved. So um, there's, there, we're going to leave these here all the time, paper and pens up here. So get your names in there. I'm believing this will be full and we'll get something bigger or a couple of them. But we're serious, amen? We're serious that, you know, this end time harvest is coming in now. Time is short. Jesus is coming. He has an agenda. And we're the church. We are it. We're the lifeboat. Amen. We're the ones that the finances are going to come through. We're the ones the healing and miracles are going to flow through. We're it. Look around to your neighbor and say, I'm it. Come on. Look around. I'm it. Believe it. I'm it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for the great things that you have for each of our lives, God. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've planned for our Bangor Community Church, this region, Father, and our nation, Lord God. We just thank you and we praise you. We're excited about all that you have, God, in store. And, Lord, we are your people. And, Father God, I thank you that we're going to work with you. We're going to work with you in faith. We're going to walk with you in faith. Hallelujah doing the works that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed, church, as you go. We'll see you Tuesday night. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.